Kingdom Casts, a podcast that has in-depth discussions about things that really do not need to be discussed in depth. Warning. The Kingdom Cast podcast contains spoilers about comic books, movies, and entertainment in general, as well as anything else that crosses their minds. Please do not take any medical advice seriously, nor legal advice that they may or may not give out. For that matter, it's probably for the best that you take nothing that they say seriously. I'm Stan Daniel, and with me as always is Albert Marsh and Sandra Swindle. All right, guys, Star Wars Episode Nine. I thought we were on episode 10 by now. No, we're... <laughs> Didn't episode 9 come out like two years ago at this point? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Albert Marsh. <laughs> I'll be turning off his microphone for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> You're off to a bad start, pal. <laughs> it's a better start than that movie. It is not. What is your problem? I keep hearing you go on and on about it. I'm I'm here to tell you, when I went into it, I've officially stopped paying attention to Rotten Tomatoes. I'll reference them, but I'll not go anything past them. Rotten Tomatoes is owned by Fandango, which is in turn owned by Comcast, NBC Universal. There is a clear bias going on, especially exhibited. There, there's in- not. Um, and I'm explaining to you why they're not. They changed their rules over the years to protect Disney. The reason they've <laughs> done it, think about it. The reason they've done it is because the Disney movies, so Star Wars, the superhero movies, Pixar, whatever, all that stuff gives that site the biggest amount of traffic it gets. So they've changed their rules over the years to protect Disney. I absolutely don't buy that at all. Are you telling me Jack Donaghy, head of NBC Universal, is giving an edge through the leading movie rating site to its cheap competition? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't believe that for a I second. They they changed the rules to try to filter out some of this hatred. Um, yeah, the fanboy campaigns where they would go in and trash some movie ahead of time for whatever. That in part is why some of the rule changes have come about, but it's gotten to where they cherry pick what they consider or what they take into account on their percentile, their overall percentile score. To protect Disney. It's not to protect Disney, pal. It's to give them an edge. There's always a bias. Whenever you hear anything from any media source, the first thing you need to ask yourself in this day and age is who owns them. If it's CNN, it's Time Warner. If it's ABC News, it's Disney. If it's NBC News, it's NBC Universal Comcast. What was that you had said before about making the product the religion, replacing religion? It's getting to that point, and it's getting to where they're getting in serious fights over it. There's a whole world going on behind the scenes that the average person can't see where they've hired people to do nothing but sit in front of the computers and log on to Reddit and 4chan and all of these sites and air opinions, the opinions of the corporation, except present them to you to where it looks like it's, you know, it's worded and everything like a normal person is doing it or a normal person who visits one of these sites. Well, you know, I've always said Disney is just Scientology with a bigger body count. <laughs> Not even remotely. How do you even get that? I think Leah Remney was had, uh, would, would like to discuss that with you, pal. I mean, nobody's wife has gone missing at Disney. That we know of. That <laughs> we know of. Dear Lord. I'm sure someone they didn't like went on some ride and, and never came out the other side of that tunnel. So. 
someone just disappeared on Space Mountain one day, and it was like, oh, that's so-and-so's wife. Oh, well. <laughs> to finish the initial thought that I started, <laughs> I, I saw the Rotten Tomatoes professional critic reviews, and I was like, oh, God, oh, no. I was actually dreading this, because I did. I love, I, I genuinely love, have watched it God knows how many times, episode eight. And I think there was a lot to play off of on episode eight. And going into Star Wars episode nine, I was trepidatious. I was hoping for the best. I came out of it loving it. I absolutely positively was completely enamored with it. It hit every note for me. I just thought it was outstanding. Are there some things they could have done better? Yeah, I understand that they actually filmed Anakin Skywalker and Ewan McGregor did the overcast of... Alec Guinness and stuff, and the ghosts were supposed to appear around Ray at the end. I would have liked to have seen that, if that's true at all. Not just the voices, but every voice that you heard, the ghost images were supposed to come up. And you heard Ahsoka Tano's voice as well as Kanan Jarrus, two of the characters from the different animated series. Clone Wars, Ahsoka Tano was in Clone Wars and Rebels. supposed to happen, why didn't it happen? Because they went back and reshot like all the movies. They didn't go back and reshoot all the movie. Disney did edit out about 10 or 15 minutes of it after Abrams. And I'm not sure why that happened. They entirely edited out Matt Smith. Oh, no. Matt Smith has long said that that is a rumor and had IMDb take him off of that. Oh, that's full crap. They they paid that man and then they cut him out and they're like, don't say nothing. Well, they had to do it before the shooting because that's when Matt Smith had IMDb pull him out of the uh, thing. For a while there, it was rumored that Matt Smith would possibly be, I couldn't possibly see him as Thrawn. No, 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 no. Matt Smith was Ray's dad. Oh, was he? Where did you get that from? Because of the way he looks. What? Yeah, he was just a redo of Palpatine. He's either a Palpatine clone or Ray's dad. Smith does not look like either Palpatine or oh, Ray. Is he not British? No, oh, well, that, oh that settles it. Oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. That settles it right there. Well, clearly, <laughs> clearly, clearly, if you're British, we're just going... Oh. I was going to say, why did they get Ray Winstone? <laughs> He's British? Oh, boy, George! Why did yeah. they get George? He's British? <laughs> Well, they could have animated George Michael into it for that. Why, why didn't we cast Elton as Palpatine? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm just going to preface this so everybody knows where I'm coming from, What where I'm coming from on this movie. When I left this movie, I thought, boy, that's a hot mess. <laughs> I was like, no, I had no idea. I was like, this movie is too long. It crammed too much stuff in here. Like, we have to go over there to get the MacGuffin and then the MacGuffin turns out to be nothing that's going to be used. So then we're going to go to this planet and then something else is going to happen. And then no, that's not even good how it's going to happen. Finally, they get to the planet that this should have been at least two movies, two movies. If they were going to cram all of this stuff, in. I still have no idea. Why the heck did she go back to that planet where Luke Skywalker was hiding and died. and, and Because she came to the she, same conclusion he did. After she learned who she was, that she was the descendant of Palpatine, she was like, nope, I'm removing myself from the board. I'm I'm leaving. I'm out of it. she didn't know she was the descendant of Palpatine at that point. Did yeah. she? Kylo told her. Like I said. That's when she had the vision with the ray with the shark the teeth. Yeah, but everybody has that vision because every uh, all the Jedi have that vision. Not Luke. Luke wasn't Luke. They figured 
the the force decided that Luke was not bright enough to get that vision. So they laid it out. (laughs) That's exactly right. So they laid it out for him in no uncertain terms. (laughs) And he still didn't catch on. Luke Doofus. (laughs) Well, I walked out of this movie feeling like a new man. Walked out. Turned my head to the sky, and I was like, you know, life can only get better after watching this movie. (laughs) Look, you've had plenty of time to sit around and and write your snarky little commentary. Give me a legitimate problem you have with the movie. Everything. I mean, literally, the problems with the movie literally start in the opening crawl where they're like, well, Palpatine's back. He sent some radio signals across the galaxy. And then it, it then it instantly shoots to Poe and Poe and Poe goes, Well, Palpatine's back. Ain't that something? And they just go on like, you know, whatever. It's gotten out now that he is Sith. He kept that hidden while he was the Emperor. He went to great lengths to make sure what? that only the inner circle knew that he was a Sith. The general oh public my God, please, really? No. No, I'm dead serious. This is an all Star Wars canon. He never presented himself as a Sith Lord. Go back to episode three. He, about, the attack on me left me scarred and deformed. Then what about old, old Vader running around talking about Sith? Vader's an Vader's magic an mumbo jumbo and having a lightsaber. Vader never went on intergalactic CNN and said, I'm a Sith Lord. He didn't Vader, have to. He didn't have it across the galaxy was, for decades. His, his name was Darth Vader, Lord of the Sith. <laughs> That's exactly right. He was an enforcer for the Empire. The general public was not aware that the Emperor was a Sith Lord. It's fairly certain that any high-ranking moth or anybody that came into contact with Palpatine was aware that the Emperor was a Sith Lord. But whenever broadcast, whenever there were public broadcasts and he would do one annually and such, they would superimpose his old image over his scarred visage. Or they would oh, just show an image, image of him, of him, like him in, the, the, in the uniform. They never showed him in the black cowl. <laughs> well, it, no, he, he showed up in the crimson cowl when he addressed the Senate at the end. Basically, Bell Organa and by proxy Mon Mothma and, of course, Leia and anybody that was working closely with Bell would have known that the Emperor was a Sith Lord. That was readily apparent to them. But by and large, your average person on tattooing not only did not know he was a Sith Lord, they didn't care. They were perfectly happy with Darth Vader. I mean, I don't see why him being a Sith Lord or not, though I find it kind of hard to believe that your average citizen did not realize their Emperor was a Sith Lord. Let's put this in perspective. This is a galaxy. This is not one world or with one internet or anything else. This is an entire galaxy. But even when the Jedi was active, until a Jedi actually showed up in front of somebody, people didn't generally believe they existed. They knew that they were probably myths out of history or something. They had heard of the Jedi Temple, of course. see, that doesn't make any sense how they couldn't have figured that out. I mean, it's not like the Jedis were keeping it secret. There's no way you could have wiped history completely wiped them from history over the short period of time of like what 20 something 20 years at most between episode three and four there's no way you could have wiped everything out completely from history it's real easy if the general populace is not looking into it and the general populace is having their own problems with whatever moth or imperial congregation is over their sector at the moment there's an analogy here japanese culture for a while in the 80s were heavily, heavily into Americana. Cowboy this and cowboy that. Well, 
what it comes down to is the cowboy, as they expect to meet him, does not and has never existed. The cowboys were an actual street gang. Well, the equivalent of a street gang, a bunch of outlaws and crooks and such. But as the cowboys presented in movies, that's the image of them. It's similar with the Jedi. People have an idea that there may be something called a Jedi, but they don't know what they're actually dealing with until they meet them. Look at how Padme dealt with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan in episode one. That was her first encounter with Jedi. These were people that were sent out in extreme situations that had the Republic's best interest, that they were peacekeepers. They weren't leading wars or anything like that until, you know, the attack of the clones. And then they were forced into that situation. And even then, you were far more likely to encounter a uh, troop of clones than you were a Jedi general. Okay. I mean, I didn't think that was such a big point that, that, that Palpatine came out and said he was a Sith. I just thought that... By making the announcement he was alive and now he was... The cards were now on the table. Everything that Palpatine had been preparing at the edge of civilized space in the unknown regions were now completely cloaked in Sith garments, Sith colors, Sith fonts. The audience that he had there, those were all Sith sycophants. See, I thought that those guys were the ghosts no. that you see of Luke and all the dead Jedi. No, they, they were I dead. thought those guys were the ghosts of the dead Sith. No, because they, they were just suddenly there. No, they've been there the entire time. I mean, if you remember the little guy fixing Kylo Ren's helmet when he first finds him, the others walking around, there are people walking around behind Palpatine. On... Yeah, not those guys. I'm talking about the guys that were in the audience. Well, and no, that, Ren, that was when them. When Ren turned around and there was suddenly that auditorium filled with a bunch of guys and well, they Sith weren't just guys. They weren't just guys. They were beings from all walks of life. They were gathered there on Exegol. Palpatine had been recruiting them over time. These are like... To do what? To sit to in do exactly what he Ooh. did. <laughs> <laughs> did you not notice that ginormous star fleet with planet killer weaponry on board each of them? came out of thin air for no reason. That it whole, that, that whole Exegol planet man, thing is stupid. Fully man. That was the other thing I had with brand new spanking uniforms. 30 years. He had been working on that for more than 30 years. He had been working on that since before the first Death Star. That was the fallback plan. That was no, it. No, 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 not them ships. Not them ships he wasn't. No. Yes. If he was working on it for, for, you know, 30 plus years, there's no way that if 30 years ago, they, they, they were even remotely close to reducing the Death Star's weapon to something that fits on a single Star Destroyer. That's exactly right. That's why they worked on it for 30 years. And you've got to give you've got to give that at the rate they can manufacture starships, Star Destroyers, so on and so forth. Once they had it down, the designs of a planet killer weapon that could be mounted onto a Star Destroyer, manufacturing was only secondary. For instance, Star Killer Base, that was Ilum. And if you don't know what Ilum is, Ilum is one of the main planets where the young Jedi would be taken to find their crystals for their lightsabers. That's why Palpatine was so concerned with securing the Jedi Temple as his own palace afterwards, so he would have information like this. Now, part of the reason the Starkiller base could do what it would do is because the entire interior was nothing but the... Oh, Lord, what's the name of the crystals? Dilithium. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is not a cardboard franchise, Sarah. <laughs> Sandra. 
I can't believe you said that. <laughs> I cannot believe you said that. <laughs> Kyber crystals were on Ilum, which became Starkiller Base. Did Starkiller so, Base show up in this movie? No, Starkiller Base blew up. Was that last it movie? It really blew up. It imploded at the end of episode seven. Are you sure it blew up then in 2008? No, it was episode seven. Starkiller Base was episode seven, the one that wiped out the entire system with Han, Han Solo. Han Solo died on Starkiller. That's Star right. Killer. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know what? Not only did I watch this movie twice for the podcast, I took a bullet for the podcast, but I watched all of, no, that's not right. I was going to watch all of them, but I only had time to watch this last set. So I watched seven, eight, and then I watched nine twice well i ain't taking a bullet for nobody so i've watched <laughs> this movie one time and i have not watched the other two since the door was open come on now seriously stan are you not going to agree with me that there was just too much packed into this movie i would no love to have had two more movies instead of one but that didn't fit into the three trilogy schedule and so they put it in there was it a fast-paced movie did you have to pay attention to follow? Yeah, it was. But it was exciting. It was engaging. At no time did it trip me up. Even things like Exegol. Well, why didn't they use one of the other Sith worlds like Malachor or Moraband? Well, that's because while it's not common knowledge about Moraband or Malachor, it is out there in the open. So, of course, he goes to a new Sith world in the Sith Stronghold. Allegiant General Pride is one of the Sith sycophants. You know who I'm talking about? No. The Allegiant General that kills Hux in Episode 9? Yeah. He's one of the one. He's one of the loyalists to the Emperor. Richard Grant? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Imagine that Aleister Crawley somehow came back but didn't make it public knowledge. However, and I'm, I know we're going to get email over this. However, he went underground after returning and he slowly put out the word among the Satanists, and they all gathered together on a little <laughs> island somewhere before striking. That's it, the analogy. It, everything about that planet is just doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. What makes no sense about Exegol? Because it's, 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 it's just pulled out of thin air. What didn't make sense oh, about pretty, Exegol was yeah. the 40 gazillion star destroyers that were hiding under the ocean or the whatever. I mean, someone should... I mean, plus at, years. At some point, someone would have figured out that hey, something's going on over here because look at all this stuff going to yeah. this planet. I mean, the resources, the nobody knew Exegol existed except for Palpatine and the Sith. Well, well someone had to know it existed. Where to go? The whole the, point. The resources from. Do you know where? Do you know where Kylo Ren was when the movie was opening, and he was tearing through that forest, and he was knocking people down and killing them, and then he finds the Sith Wayfinder. Do you know where he was? He was looking the MacGuffin. He was looking for the Sith Wayfinder. There's two of them. Yeah. But do you know where he was? He was on Mustafar in the ruins of Vader's castle. The people that he was tearing through were religious advocates that had started putting metal iron spikes back up to help the planet heal itself back to its natural state now that Vader's castle was destroyed. That thing that he pulled open and reached into and found the Sith Wayfinder, that was at the base of Vader's castle. Okay, now, seriously. Did you Vader's... know that when you saw it, or did you find yes, that did. out later? No, I knew that when I saw it. Here's how I knew it. Get ready for Albert to say something cute. Two years ago, Lego released Vader's Castle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay. And in it, there's a little box at the base of it that contains a crystal. <laughs> seriously? Yes, seriously. Oh, man. Seriously. I always knew Vader's castle was going to be a part of it. I expected it to be a much bigger part, and I did not expect it to have been destroyed. And him running through the ruins of it or where it once stood on Mustafar. But as soon as he came across that box, I thought, oh, there's my little Lego box. And he opened it and he pulled out. No, I did not know it was a Wayfinder. I knew it had a red crystal in it. I bet no one knew it was a Wayfinder until about midway through shooting the movie when they decided that that's what it was going to be. They knew it was a Wayfinder by the time the script Let's talk about that stupid knife. Oh, let's talk about the knife. We've actually had questions. So everything about that knife is dumb. Like, do they just happen to fall in the right sand pit where the dude's dead with the knife? No, they were they were nearby after he found that. And he and they happened to fall in the right hole at the right time to find it. Why were they on that planet? What knife? I don't know because because... they were on that planet seeking the other wayfinder, and they were led there because that's where Luke and Lando had gone. She had found that in Luke's notes in the old books. She knew that they were hunting one of the. Yeah. So Luke and Lando couldn't find it with Luke being insanely attuned to the force, but they could just fall in a hole and find it. That's not exactly how that works. You That's exactly how that works. It wasn't that Kylo was attuned to the force that he knew to look in the ruins of Vader's castle. He knew to look in the ruins of Vader's castle because he knew there was only two pathfinders. Palpatine had one, Vader would have had the other one to Exegol. So at that point, that tells you exactly the percentage of the population that knew Exegol existed. Outside of the Emperor and Vader, the people that found their way, the Sith sycophants that found their way to Exegol, they were staying on Exegol. They weren't They weren't leaving out unless they were like the murderer that the Emperor had go out and kill his own son. They were there on the planet looking for that guy, that guy's ship, or any sign that he had the Pathfinder. They were hoping to find the Pathfinder, and instead what they found was the knife. And yeah, he just happened to die that way because he fell into, it's a giant sinking sand pit. These things happen on alien worlds. And out of all the places on that planet they fell, they fell in the right hole to find that thing. The force the force moves in mysterious ways. Why didn't Luke find it? And why couldn't Luke have found it? It wasn't just like they randomly fell into a hole. It was that they went to the last place that the guy's ship was at. And the guy's ship fell into that hole. Well, no, the guy's ship did not fall into that hole. He fell into that hole. The guy's ship was stationed on top of that rock where it had been sitting. His skimmer fell in that hole. There was some machine that had fallen in. Yeah, his skimmer did fall in the hole, but not the ship. The ship was stationed on top of the rock. You're right, you're right. But they went out there because they knew the ship was out there. Yeah, so it wasn't all happenstance. They were in the right area. Didn't that guy fall down the hole with the the knife after Luke went looking for the the thing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Luke that guy was dead it. before Luke yes. ever showed up. Right. He showed up because he had some. He he was either sent to to get Ray's parents or he had some connection to Ray's parents. So that's how late it was when he showed he up. He had killed. Ray's parents. Okay, he had killed. He was sent to kill Ray's parents. He was sent to hunt down, retrieve the child that they may or may not have, but kill his son, kill Palpatine's son and his son's wife. 
who was Matt Smith. Uh, now, he wasn't Matt Smith. Matt Smith completely said, before this movie even began filming, Matt Smith said he wasn't in it. And at first I thought, oh, he's just trying to dissuade us. He'll actually show up in it. He'll be a surprise character. But it turns out that Matt Smith actually knew what Matt Smith was and was not starring in. Sure. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, Matt Smith seems to be paying attention to Matt Smith's own career. Mm -hmm. That's the breakdown of it. I didn't really have a problem with all that. It's just that there was just so much of them running to someplace to get something that turned out to be not to be necessary, then running back to get something. I mean, they kept running all over the place for these MacGuffins, and it was like... It was, it, it was very necessary. She couldn't have treaded a path through the nebula to get to Exegol without a Wayfinder. That was the whole point. Now, this is part of the reason you can we, can't, that the planet wasn't known or anything. Did, she didn't you use couldn't that, travel to it. She didn't use that Wayfinder. She, no, she used Kylo's. Kylo's. Who so, she stole, but she didn't have was, Kylo's at the beginning. That was of. just completely, we didn't even need that, that mess. If so she wasn't, talk, talk about how stupid the knife is. Hold on a minute. If she wasn't on the quest for the first Wayfinder, she never would have ended up with Kylo's Wayfinder. So it was a plot point that got her there. As for the knife, the knife's not at all stupid. The knife was carved exactly to match the remnants of where that end of the Death Star well, fell. Well, that's just it. They had to stand at this exact perfect location and look where the Death Star landed. It was flinted in the ocean with waves battering up against it. It wasn't the exact what, perfect. What if, what if the piece of the Death Star fell off or something hit it or something? So then the knife's completely useless and you can't if find you it at all. If you look through it, the pieces of the Death Star are still in ruin, but you can still find it. It's the same thing. Like you stand, they weren't standing in the exact perfect spot. She was scanning out over the ruins. They were way out there in the ocean. It's like standing on the top of Vulcan and lining up that knife with the city of Birmingham. No, it's not because... Yeah, it's exactly like that. It's yeah, but if you don't line it up right, yeah, but you know the stand That's at why the top of Vulcan. She didn't knowledge. know the stand where she stood. Let me say Red Mountain. Stand on top of Red Mountain. You can stand anywhere on top of Red Mountain and find a Birmingham-shaped situation so long as you align it with that. She didn't just take that knife out and aha, there it was. She was looking through it and moving along the lines until she found a way to line it up and pinpoint the Emperor's well, throne room. No, you could have done that with any of the wreckage then because it all looks the same it's wreckage no it doesn't all look the same it's not all wreckage that's that like looking at over going back to red mountain it's like looking over there and say oh look at all these buildings you can eventually line it up to some building because they're all square i mean this is just as as goofus as aquaman looking through whatever greek general oh, no, that was far was worse eyeball. it's the same thing it's the no, same no. thing the that same was... Thing. No, that was that was utterly and completely ridiculous. You're talking about a knife that was formed by an individual who had enough foresight over the course of, say, 70 years to not only position himself as Chancellor of the Republic and create a war that would eventually lead to the situation where he would become emperor, but also create a backup plan where in case something went wrong, in case his plans didn't go entirely correct, he would have another chance at galactic dominance. Domination. Of course he thought this through. Name one thing that Chief Palpatine has not thought through from episode one did, forward. Changing the subject for just the slight second, uh -huh, did you uh -huh. notice that that J.J. Abrams in episode seven and nine, huge chunks of the plot involve them trying to find the location of something? Like in episode seven, it's finding Luke, and in episode nine, it's finding Palpatine. It's the same exact thing. Oh, wow. 
And now that you mention it, in episode four, it was about finding the princess and the plans. And let's see. And then in episode six, it was about finding the new Death Star. You can break it down like that. Star Trek four was about finding some whales. <laughs> and that I mean, was a great movie. That was a great movie. There was none of this hunting the MacGuffins around. I didn't leave the, the thing. What a hot When Scotty talks into the mouse and says, computer, that's better than anything in any of these Star Wars movies that Disney's done. Don't even start. This was an outstanding movie. Well, and maybe it was outstanding for people that had gotten the Lego set. But for the rest of us, it was like, what the heck? is going on and it was like why did she burn that plane if she wasn't gonna use the stupid wayfinder that we just spent 20 minutes she just learned that she was the granddaughter of emperor palpatine she had no intent of leaving octu once she landed there that was it herself then that may have followed because she interrupted Luke killing himself at the end of Episode 7 and the beginning of Episode 8. Luke was dressed in full Jedi gear to perform one final Jedi ritual. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. what any book or comic book or junk says. He wasn't there to kill himself. Yes, he was. He was, was. Just, he was well, hanging he out sure on took a long time to do it then. Well, no, he. this wasn't his first time to consider this. He he had gotten dressed up in his Jedi robes before. This was one of his <laughs> mood swings, actually. And I mean, this fits Luke perfectly because Luke has a bunch of mood swings. Was Obi-Wan going to kill himself in episode four? No. No, 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 no. Okay, no. then Luke wasn't going to kill himself Obi-Wan in episode Obi-Wan is oh, not yeah. Luke Skywalker. Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan knew damn well that he was going toward a confrontation with Anakin and that he was not coming out of it. It's just that Obi-Wan had a trick up his sleeve that Anakin wasn't familiar with. He willed himself into the Force. That was episode four. So Obi-Wan knew that once they were aboard the Death Star and not taken prisoner, he knew what his fate was going to be. You can't see me right now, but my eye is twitching. (laughs) (laughs) What about that stupid scene with Harrison Ford? That wasn't stupid. That was brought about yes, by was, Leia. And they pull that and they pull a, stu- a, a scene like that. And did you not understand episode that that's nine? what Leia did? That, that, Harris- that, wasn't, that wasn't Han Solo's ghost. That was Leia and Kylo's memories of him. That wasn't a ghost. It was him having some stupid... No, it's not a ghost because star- the that's ghost in Star Wars are those spirit things from Force characters. It was just Kylo having a vision and talking to himself. And it's stupid about, and, and completely out of place and doesn't work in a Star you Wars movie. You didn't catch that. You didn't catch that at all that Leia did that. No, it was stupid when they did it in that... that just Was, was it Batman that's what Superman? Leia gave her. That's what Leia gave her life for, was one final attempt to reach Kylo. And that was the best way to do it. No, it was dumb. Stupid. It wasn't dumb. That's exactly what that was a very touching moment. I had no, it tears. Wasn't. It was very I mean, touching. Harrison Ford wouldn't even comb his hair for the scene, for Christ's sake. <laughs> oh wouldn't even shave. <laughs> it was like, hey, Chris. You're I, just reaching now. <laughs> I paid me $20 million to do this two minute scene, and I won't even get the marbles out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> You're just reaching, pal. You're just you're just reaching right there. How did you not know that was Leia's doing? Because I was just so tired of it all. It, because because it was overwhelming. It was a hot mess. I was like, I don't even know what is going on here now. 
so far, I've been able to answer each one of your criticisms. And, all and how does that? How, how did that kill Leia? But her going Superman through space, she's okay. She used the Force. Doesn't number one, I kept stand. telling everybody it's ridiculous to think that Leia had not been trained as a Jedi by Luke. The only thing ridiculous, and, and all of you, all of you acting shocked that she could do that in space. Clearly, she had been trained by Luke, and then they have to come back. Now that part, they had to come back and pretty much spell it out for you. It's ridiculous to think that Luke did not train Leia. I know. It's, I'm completely fine with Luke. It makes sense that he'd train her. He, you know, they're the same age. Yeah. He's like, if I can do it, you can do it. Come on, flying through space. It doesn't take say, anything to fly through space, pal. I can push I you in a direction say, off of the ISS, and you will continue in that direction infinitely until you hit something. But I wouldn't survive it and then like be fine 10 minutes later because I wrapped my head in some bandages. Well, you're not force-attuned, are you? <laughs> no, because the force isn't real. All right, I just want to say, you have come up with an answer for everything, but I'm not going to say it's a good answer. I but it is the answer, I and they are do good. I agree with what you're saying. I just think the movie, there was just too much in there. Would yeah. I have liked this to be two movies? I would have loved it if it was two movies, but they weren't going to do that because then they couldn't call it the... You know, they, I the, bet the they were going to do it and realized it was a bad movie and they couldn't salvage it, so they just stuck yeah, it to I one would, movie. I don't, I don't Absolutely think that's not a bad movie. Yeah. The vast majority of Star Wars fans just loved this movie. No, they did I'm going to say, I'm going to have to say Ixnay on that because I asked a rabid Star Wars fan who loved, 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 loved Seven and Eight. And she went to see Nine and she said she didn't want to see it again. She said she, the, I, and I think it had something to do with the fact that Ray was a Palpatine. Well, that upset her about Ray the same way that a lot of the quote-unquote diehard Star Wars fans were upset about Luke and Luke's death. It turns out they weren't Star Wars fans. They were Luke fans. Oh, it turns out if you didn't like everything Disney, Disney did, after they bought a franchise that had been around for almost 40 years. Now, now. No, you're, you're not a real Star Wars fan. That's like saying Star Trek fans ain't Star Trek fans if they don't like Star Trek Discovery. You oh, see, I, I actually like Star Discovery. Trek Discovery. Yes. Yeah. I don't know where this criticism of Star Trek Discovery is coming from because that has been one of the most engaging Star Trek shows I've seen in a long time. I'll tell you straight. I saw the well, first two episodes. It's been a long episodes. time since they've had a show. So, I mean. I saw the first two episodes when they first came out and I was bitching about it in a major way. I, I did not like the way the Klingons were set up and blah, blah, blah. But when Picard started and we had CBS All Access, I decided, well, I'll give it another go. And I watched the first two episodes, and I still had a problem with the Klingons and such, but by the fourth or fifth episode, I was in. And then by the second season, oh, I'm all in. This is more Trek than I've seen from Trek in God knows how long. I love Saru. Yeah. I love Michael. I love the main character. I love Saru, and damn, Pike was great. Yeah. It, this is a really, really good Star Trek show. I like this more than I like overall all of the next generation. But I have a lot of problems with the next generation. I Part of the problem was is that I felt like I had to support it at the time because it right. was the only science fiction we were getting. Right. Now, I hate referencing, like I said, I, I'll reference Rotten Tomatoes, but I still don't go by it. The audience score for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is at 86%. When I say this, I don't post on 
any boards unless somebody asks something personal to them about fandom or something that I can help them with or point them in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I will not get into arguments over the internet or anything along those lines. I'm on a number of Star Wars boards. I'm on, I'm, uh, what do you call it? Uh, not stalking. What is it? Lurking. I'm lurking on these boards. I'm reading things back and forth. The Disney Plus boards, the Disney fan boards, the Star Wars boards, the Reddits and such. Easily, even people that didn't like eight are all in on nine. Really very much enjoy it. All of the movies from episode one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, they all have flaws. Every movie has flaws. And there's a few things I would have liked to have seen done differently in this, but I, I don't necessarily wouldn't have gone in and changed anything. Did y'all not enjoy 3PO all the way through this movie? No, I thought it was stupid. 3PO was absolutely hysterical. I think 3PO needs his own Disney Plus show. Oh, no, no. No, least favorite droid. No, 3PO, I did find the part where he volunteered or was volunteered to wipe his memory or whatever they did to get him to read the... I thought his actions there were touching. I thought the ideal that they had to go through that, it was, again, another, like, this is stupid. Why don't they just get him to write it down? Or he can't, he can't communicate it. It's against his programming. He's not allowed in any shape, manner, or form to communicate what he knows. He can know it, but he's not allowed to communicate it. Well, why can't he just? How, how would there? how would R two not? I mean, why can't he just? Oh, he doesn't have there? a he doesn't have a choice with R two. R two can do what he wants when he wants. I mean, R two had backups of all of his memory and everything, and, then, and restored then they would it. Just copy his memory. R two may suffer under the same and repro reprogram his complete memory to where he could. They couldn't. All the C three C three PO crap doesn't make sense because he's a freaking robot. Well, the other thing is, it but was again don't. another case where. They went through all this rigmarole to do it, and then it didn't work, and then they found another way to get it. And I'm it like... Worked perfectly. He told them exactly where the coordinates were. And he did that exactly because of what Albert's saying. Because he is a robot, they were able to get it from him. It's like asking somebody who's not in IT to completely reset the servers and rewrite the program. Well, yeah, there's a simple fix to it if you've got the person that knows what to do. They had to go find the person that knows what to do. Why didn't they go to R2? Because that would have been backtracking and going way out of their way and costing them valuable time. But Babu was closer. That was the whole point of Poe taking them there. Why can't people make good movies anymore? This was a great movie. I still say okay. it was a hot mess. I don't agree with... There are some things that you've said, and I'm like, okay, if I bought the Lego set, maybe I would, maybe it would be more. But you don't necessarily need, it was there, and Kylo knew where to find it, and where it was, was not necessarily important. What was important was Kylo knew he was looking for something. Once Palpatine announced himself, Kylo wasn't going to let Palpatine take power from him. And that was the whole point of it. And little did Kylo know that Palpatine had surrounded him with Allegiant General Pride and others who was going to secure that power no matter what. But Palpatine likes his little games. In fact, it's those games that build the power that Palpatine has. You know, I think the reason, the real reason this podcast took so long to record so Stan could make all these excuses up for everything. Now, it, now, it, I've been I've been answering these about this movie because I'm sitting here thinking, wait a minute, that's not what happened with C3PO. I could almost swear that 
they rebooted him and everything, but they, they didn't did get that information him. from C-3PO that way. They got it from that little droid that was running around, wasn't it? No, 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 no. He told the others about Exegol because the droid was servant to the bounty hunter that uh, Palpatine had hired yeah, and was abused. When they wiped his memory and then they rebooted him, they thought he was going to just tell them. C-3PO got them to the planet where the Death Star wreckage was. But that was the piece they the way, were missing. But not the way that they went to that planet for. Yeah, that was the whole point. They were seeking the Wayfinder that they thought was on the wreckage of the Death Star. They didn't know that there was any Death Star wreckage or anything else. The clue they had was the knife. The how, knife do you not know that there, how do you not know there's Death Star wreckage? It's a Death Star. Well, they knew it, it was had to landed Death somewhere. Star. They yeah. didn't know that the Wayfinder would be on Death Star wreckage. This is all just kind of like, well, how do you not know this? It's real clear. C-3PO got the information off the knife, which led them to the planet in the indoor system that the large piece, the throne room, and the main piece of the Death Star had crashed on, which was engraved on the knife. 3PO nor the knife had any knowledge of Exegol at all. They were looking for the Wayfinder to lead them to where Palpatine could be, which turns out to be Exegol. Dio, the droid, told Finn and R2 and BB-8 and all of them, about Exegol because Dio had actually been to Exegol. But Dio could not navigate them through the nebula to get them to the actual planet. Only the Wayfinder can do that. And there were two Wayfinders. Palpatine had one, Vader had the other. See, even the way you explain it in most simplest terms, it's just way overly complicated and unnecessary. Exactly. That's it's my point. not overly complicated. It's a quest. It's a situation. This is a fight. This is a battle. Nobody's going to make it easy. See, if Hitler had taken these steps rather than just simply going into a bunker in Germany, <laughs> people would still be looking for him. Palpatine knew what he was doing. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be walk into the ground floor of Sith Planet A that's on the map that everybody has, knock on the door and say, I'm here to see the resurrected emperor. Well, someone had to know where that planet was. How do you get all that stuff to that planet? You have an entire super fleet with what, hundreds, if not thousands Again, of people on the Sith ship to run it? The Sith sycophants knew where it was. Palpatine had been sending people to Exegol before the first Death Star was created. He was preparing backup plans, and there's nothing to say that he doesn't have another backup plan out there. However, I'm fairly certain that this time Palpatine will not be executing another well, himself, another backup plan. Matt Smith was the backup plan, but they added him out of the movie. Matt Smith declared that he was not in this movie Matt, before this yes, movie. Yes, he ever. is. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him and look at Snoke. Oh, oh my God. God. They've got the same facial features. Matt oh Smith my. was either supposed to be Palpatine's son or a, or a Palpatine clone similar to, the, similar to what Snoke was. I did not take that into account. Just like you're not taking into account that Snoke was seven and a half foot tall. But I did not take that into account. That's a good point. Now that you're bringing it up, I'm looking at Nine Numb and Prince Charles and the resemblance is uncanny. <laughs> Nine Numb is own. I think you're on to something here, Albert. Nine Numb is not, he is not British. He, he's clearly a Spanish, based Spanish descent or something. <laughs> well, we know what part's going to get edited out. 
Nine and them looks like a Mexican. <laughs> I'm just relieved at no time yet has you have you declared anybody was a pedophile so far. <laughs> Space Mexican. <laughs> He right. had like, let, well, that's what George Lucas me, did. All, all the, most of them space aliens were just different. I mean, Watto was a Jew. Oh, uh, that one's definitely getting beeped. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was Jewish. Watto was supposed to be Jewish. <laughs> dude. The Trade Federation dudes, like Newt Gunray and all them, what were they supposed to be? Weren't they supposed to be like Japanese or Chinese or something? Yeah, there was a big stink about them being Chinese slash Asia. Yeah. The fact that you had to spend an hour trying to explain why this movie was needlessly complicated tells me that y'all need to pay better attention when no, you go to the movies. No, that's, that, that just proves my point. This was a hot mess that had too many MacGuffins that really didn't need to be in there. Was it, a, this was a character piece, and the quest showed the character of each of these individuals. They helped them bond. It was entertaining. It was very engaging. If you liked these characters before, you're going to love them when you come out of this. And of course it's a quest. These are heroes. This is what heroes do. They go no, on no, 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 I'm not talking about I would have been fine with the quest. But what I didn't like was, let's go down to the 7-Eleven and get the secret decoder ring that will let us go back to Macy's to get the clue that's hidden in the woman's fitting room, which it turns out <laughs> we're just going to burn it down and then use something else to get us to the library. I mean, it was just like, oh my I bet God. you both. It was like, it was like the you. world's worst game of Clue. I bet you both cool. love Goonies, though, right? Goonies is just outstanding. No, Goonies is a, I don't like Goonies either. I just think... Albert? Just, oh. Well, she can have that opinion. It's wrong. Uh-huh, uh see? See, he completely... Now, Goonies not a problem. Yeah, but see, the people that made Goonies knew to edit out that octopus scene were the people that made <laughs> the Star who, Wars movie. You know who edit. executive producer on Goonies was? Oh, my God. Kathleen, <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. Who cares? It's an executive producer. That just means she got to cut the money. Uh-huh. She's made that movie. She got that movie made, pal. I don't care. No, she didn't. She made your childhood. No, she didn't. And because it wasn't becoming to have a woman out in front leading things back in the 80s, but now it's okay. Now you got a problem with her. But when I the Goonies was there, Albert was at the movie theater. <laughs> I'm going to have to go see this movie one more time just to figure out what the heck went on with this. I'm, I'm shocked. Now, Albert, Albert, I expected, but you. I'm going at the cheap theater. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to go when it comes out of this cheap theater. I'll I think make it's supposed to come out on Blu-ray in May, which means it'll be on Disney Plus in June or July. Ah, here we go. On the Trail of Ochi. Ochi is the bounty hunter that was in the employee of Palpatine. And it's Ochi's blade. Ochi's ornate knife is F with runic Sith symbols. While Ochi was no Sith, he associated with cultists on Exegol who longed for the Sith's return. Long dead or Katat, 
old tongue, runes of the Sith carved into the blade here. C-3PO. While unearthing the mysteries that Ochi had concealed in esoteric symbols, Rey and her companions discover the value of the abilities of C-3PO, their loyal protocol droid friend. With a massive databank of languages, both active and extinct, C-3PO can read the Sith runes. However, hardwired protocols within his translator systems prevent him from divulging what the text says. The strictures of the Old Republic have long banned the open sharing of Sith knowledge. Nevertheless, C-3PO is delighted to be of use. That's the whole point. But here's the they, problem. Here's they the had problem. to find a computer programmer to override C-3PO's they, protocol. They didn't, have to, they didn't have to override C-3PO's programming. If his brain is software, you just copy the software and didn't go through it and read it. And that's what they actually ended up doing. See, that's what I'm saying is like, they went through all this rigmarole, and then... There are functions in place that would have C-3PO erase his own memory before allowing access to it. That's why they had to go find the No, right they didn't, because R2 had background... R2 had backup of all his memories. That's they said R2 that's had R2-D2. I, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but R2-D2 is not a standard-issue droid. R2-D2 actually functions all by himself, all his own. He's not had his memory erased since he went online in Padme's ship. Anakin has done God knows what to him. Just watch any of the Clone Wars episodes. This droid contains the entire history of the Star Wars Skywalker saga within him. And so, yes, if he wants to bend C-3PO over and make C-3PO his droid buddy... He's going to do it. But but that's the thing. If he's got backups of C-3PO's complete software and files, just have R2 get in those files and translate it or find, find and, something. It doesn't make other any guy, sense. The other like, guy was closer. That's you don't, you don't have to have C-3PO literally tell you the other guy was closer. None of them that were with C-3PO could get the information out of him, extract it. They had to have somebody that knew what they were doing do, uh, do it. And R2 was not an option because he was too far away. If they could get R2 over the radio, they could get... They could... No, no, no. doesn't work like that. You're not of going to be able does. to transmit that much information even over the Holonet network in Star Wars. BB-8 couldn't do it. R2-D2 can do it because he's R2-D2. There's a difference. They didn't think the C-3PO thing at all through. They, they like whoever clearly through. Who, That's whoever why R2-D2 was that. not on the ship. If R2-D2 was on the ship with them, then this would have been no problem. That's why they did not write R2 going on the ship. And aside from that, R2 was also having to watch Leia. Yeah, so he wasn't busy. Yeah, but his loyalty first is to Leia. He's Leia's droid. Yeah, so why didn't he... What? Why didn't he resurrect R2, Leia? R2 wasn't busy. <laughs> they could just get R2 to do it. Look, I'm not arguing with you. R2 could do anything. The problem is, is R2 was too far away. They needed somebody in IT that knew what they were Listen, doing with 3PO. In these movies, they literally show Darth Vader force-stroke someone across the emptiness of space just by looking at them on a screen. They could have sent that crap to R2 to do it. I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Vader was using the Force, and R2 does not use the Force. And neither does the Internet or the Holonet. We don't know that for certain. Look, you've upset Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sandra is just sitting here trying to remember what her point was, which was something to the effect 
that seems to me that they went through all of this to get C-3PO to translate it. It didn't work. And then they had to rely on a copy or something that somebody else It wasn't saw. a copy. It wasn't a copy. Babu, the little guy, the droid smith, Babu bypassed his programming. And by doing so, it did erase everything 3PO had learned up to that point. He bypassed his programming and 3PO himself said the coordinates, gave the coordinates out. His eyes turned red and he said that thanks to Babu doing it. Then once Babu did it, he repaired 3PO, but 3PO was back to factory standards, right. which is why that he believed the first person and his oldest friend was now Babu. When he comes up to R2-D2 and introduces himself, R2 looks at him like an idiot. We cut scenes and then 3PO's back up to normal like he was before he left with Ray and Poe. Oh, and I will point this out too. A good friend of mine and Albert's, Timothy Myrie, used to come by the shop. And this is long before episode nine came a thing. We were watching episode seven and he kept insisting that Finn was force sensitive. And I kept, you know, and he was using the lightsaber as part of that. I kept explaining to him that, you know, Han can pick up a lightsaber. Anybody can pick up a lightsaber and turn it on, but there's no evidence. Now, while Timothy and I were standing there watching episode seven, there is evidence in episode seven that Finn was force attuned. Finn heard the cries of the system that was destroyed, he heard, he physically heard the cries, them crying out and turned around and looked up before the light reached the planet that he was on when he was leaving Han and Ray and Chewbacca. And I told Timothy, I thought, well, that that is a sign of it because nobody else is hearing those cries. They're just seeing the aftermath. Only Finn hears the cries. Well, throughout this, the thing that he keeps trying to tell Ray is that he is force attuned. That's how he knew which of the ships had the satellite on it. It was a feeling. And there's two or three other things in it. So one of oh, the minor that subplots that never got addressed was that, well, that was being addressed, but very subtly because they may want to use it in the future is that Finn is force attuned. Is that what he was trying to tell her? I thought he was yeah. trying to tell her that he was in love with her. No. No, well, that makes no sense. Like uh, the whole movie, I gotta tell you something. I gotta tell you something. Then he never says it. Like why? That's why I Why would you not say it? Her. Because it was, first of all, it was an entertaining point. It was funny because Poe no, kept saying, oh, what, do you, what have you got to, what have you got to tell her? You something that you can't tell me because Poe's within hearing distance. All that was cute and we wanted to know. And it should be evident to you by the end of the movie when he knows what he's doing, he looks up, he has faith that he is force attuned. So yes, Finn is force attuned. And so? I think that we'll be seeing more of that in the future with him. I think they're planning on doing something else with Finn. I'd love to see it. Cow, why in the world is that so hard for him to tell her? I thought the whole thing he was trying to tell her was that he was in love with her. And I was like, what? what? Well, no, they want you to think that. But this was never going to work out. You see, J.J. Abrams had said back at the end of episode seven, when episode eight was filming, he accidentally said in an interview that, well, you're dealing with the two characters. And he was referencing Kylo and Ray. And he said, and it's basically a, a slightly different take on Romeo and Juliet. So he kind of gave that out by accident. But it was also very tragic as well. And let me point something else out to you. All of the Skywalker saga, this is a tragedy. Even though we have what most people would consider a happy ending at the end of episode nine, where Ray buries the lightsabers, sees Luke and Leia, and they fade away into the force. Cue the music. Well, let me point something out to you. Since episode one, Palpatine has manipulated the love and emotion that 
every one of these characters had for each other to the very end where there is no more lineage from Solo, no more Skywalker lineage, no more Jedi Knights, and the only lineage that survives any of this is Palpatine, which at the end changes her name to Skywalker. Which I thought was stupid, too. I, I, God, I, it made no sense. It made no yeah, sense to say my name is... Yeah, I was like, why... Yeah, it's that, a yeah. family thing, Ray. The only family she felt she had were these people that she went through this with. And what better way to get rid of the legacy of Palpatine than by changing her name to Skywalker. But Palpatine won. His lineage is the only one that remains. That's right. Which is why that title Did and you... her taking his name made zero sense. No, it made perfect sense, especially from her point of view. She's emotionally, emotionally, she's been through the ringer. There's no way you could go through something like this and not have tremendous scars and everything. The The person that she felt connected to died in her arms. There was a back and forth there. She's in way over her head. The best she got was disgruntled Luke, who was completely in character for the whole thing uh, about it. And then Leia. She received the love and the warmth and the training from Leia. And that mattered a lot to her. So this is perfectly logical that that's the legacy that she wants to carry on. Being that that's, that's all well and good, but the fact of the matter is that the only bloodline that survives any of this is Palpatine, period. Did either of you see the movie Devil's Advocate with Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino? Oh my God. That's yes. such a stupid movie. Don't start in on me. <laughs> Basically, the brilliance of this movie comes from the fact that Satan, Al Pacino, who is a head of a gigantic law firm, is using the law that's based on Judeo-Christian law and commandments to reach up and put a stranglehold on God. That's the underlying tone to it. Same thing with Palpatine here. He used what his enemies considered their greatest strength, and he continued to tell them over and over again, this is not your greatest strength. Your faith in your friends is not going to fail. And he was right. At the end of it, the major bloodlines are gone, only his remains. Ray, I'm sure Ray is going to be a wonderful Jedi, but if Ray has kids and those kids have kids, well, it ain't over. It is for the Skywalkers, though. Yeah, but all, all that was just pulled out of thin air when they couldn't figure out what to do. No, yeah, that was poetry. You, that, that, it may have been pulled out of thin air, but it was pulled out of thin air the same way as poetic that, storytelling works. That, that right there illustrates my big beef about this. We oh, have suddenly, these... suddenly I point out that Palpatine wins. And... <laughs> no, 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 no. The whole fact that we've gone through, like I said, my big complaint about this movie is we kept going on all these errands to different places looking for various MacGuffins that never actually were used. And then almost as though that's like, that's like this, the whole, you're reducing the whole Skywalker, the whole Star Wars. Do you not see the prequels? The prequels had a point though. And had a, and yeah, had the a... prequels had the point. He did the same thing to the Jedi Order. They're chasing down Grievous. They're chasing down Deku. They're running over here. They're running over there. And while they're doing all this, he just lines up all the dominoes, takes the Republic, calls it the Empire, gets his little boy toy Anakin in line, has him go kill a bunch of kids, and he's set. He did the same thing in these three movies. No, he didn't because he yes. was never even meant to be any... 
Palpatine was never meant to be part of any of these movies till after they had already filmed. Uh, Actually, if you if you go in by the Disney canon, the books that came out around seven and before seven, during seven, and afterward, there are hints all the way through it. Now, admittedly, no, there's they not. Didn't Even if it doesn't matter, they never intended to use them because Father, every... I've read these. He the... was he was sending the fleet to the outer regions. Because episodes, that, episode eight throws seven out the window, and episode nine throws eight out the window right off the bat. Episode, it absolutely does not. It plays right it into episode eight. How does episode nine cancel episode eight in any manner? Well, Palpatine's back. Oh, well. Well, Palpatine's back. Palpatine manipulated the events in episode eight. The events in episode eight took place within the hour of the events of episode seven. But it doesn't make any sense for right, Palpatine right. just to show up. I think we're just going to have to agree to disagree here. See, well, I haven't even questions... got done with that stupid fleet crap at the end either. Okay, all right. What's your Nothing question about, about the that. fleet? So you have this giant super fleet and they cannot lift off the planet unless there's a signal sent to a $30 Dude, set, you... a $30 radio tower bought at Radio Shack. Who builds a fleet, a giant That's fleet exactly... that can't get off of the planet? The whole point of the wayfinders... Like they just can't fly straight up? I mean, it ain't that hard. Again, the whole point of the wayfinders was they could negotiate their way through the nebula to the planet Exegol, which nobody knew existed except for Vader... And, and all the millions Palpatine of people on that planet. And the, and the Sith. It was hidden. You couldn't fly to it. The starships in orbit, in orbit of Exegol, needed to transmit that data to find their way back through the nebula and out, just like Ray had to transmit it to the Falcon and the fleet to get into it. If you go off the path here, you're going to have your starship blown up. That was the whole point of the transmitters. They were having to link together to find their way out. At the same time, keeping it on a closed band network between themselves so, so that general knowledge of the existence of Exegol doesn't get out. So what, Lando, so what Lando does at the end wasn't supposed to happen. But it did, because Lando found his way through it thanks to Ray. And apparently like three dozen ships could 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 hold off that whole fleet where each they weren't each, holding off that fleet each ship had a freaking multiple squadrons of super tie fighter crap in them and they just show up with a bunch they of junk going, out, a bunch of jank ass spaceships yes they were they, they clearly were because the ship the ships never left the planet it was the same strategy as in Return of the Jedi. Get close to the ships, they have to fire on each other. They were running back and forth. I do recall Poe having tears in his eyes as he starts to apologize to everybody for leading them into this before Lando shows up with everybody in the galaxy. Everybody, you mean what was left of his crew? Because like almost everybody died. Yeah. Again. Yeah, Snap Wexley died, man. And I'm not going to sit here and have you just completely would ignore the sacrifice that Snap Wexley made to save the galaxy. Who's Snap Wexley? Snap Wexley is a extended universe character from the Aftermath books oh. that is also Poe's best friend in this. You remember the heavyset guy with the beard? Oh, the fat dude, he's, yeah. Yeah, no, that's in all of Abrams' movies. I was about to say, he's J.J. Abrams' friend that yeah. he tries to put in all the movies. Greg Grunberg. Yeah. Yeah, love him. Love him to death. But that was Snap Wexley, yeah. How can you love him? You don't even know him. Oh, he's a the, great guy. I, the actor is great. He's who will be replacing you on the podcast. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. 
he, he likes Star Wars. <laughs> I like Star Wars. I like the middle, the original middle, tri- the, the original middle, middle tri- trilogy. The prequel was like, oh my god, this is horrible. And then... What was it, awful about the prequels? Oh my god! I mean, they're bad movies. Anakin Skywalker, you're taking Darth Vader and you made him a little whiny boy. No. Oh dear god, no. let me introduce you to somebody named Luke Skywalker. Why didn't like Luke Skywalker either? He was whiny too. That's exactly right. Why would Vader... This is the exact person that becomes Vader. The whiny, insecure emo kid who has issues. Let us get to the questions because I can see that we will have continual disagreement about this. Only because I have the facts, and no, y'all are just, you know, y'all are just oh three po three po three po three po was hysterical in this movie, by the way. No, nothing. The only thing funny about this movie, you know, what nothing was funny about this movie. <laughs> the whole thing was it was touching. Right, it was just absolute right, let me, sadness. Let me, let me say something positive about this movie. I enjoyed how Poe and Finn's relationship, whatever it was, had progressed. Yeah. That was a plus. I also liked Carrie Russell's character. Uh, yeah. Wasn't it odd, though, that she never took off her mask? She took it off. One, you could see her eyes. She took her faceplate off. Yeah. 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 You hire somebody like Carrie Russell and all that, and you just show her eyes, and the rest of the time she's in a helmet. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of strange. I mean, it was clearly a choice because any of these actors they go to, for the love of God, James Bond jumped at the chance to be a stormtrooper in a successful franchise. So, <laughs> what? Daniel Craig was uh, the stormtrooper that Ray Mind controlled in Episode Seven. Oh, was he? Yeah, he wanted to be a part. He wanted to see what a successful franchise was like. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Then, then he should go get in the Fast and the Furious movie. Oh my oh God. God! Don't even start with that. Yeah, Fast and Furious is great for ten-year-olds. Now you know that people actually had to convince me that Paul Walker was a real person. I thought that the entire United States was putting on a show for my benefit because I was the only person that did not know who in the hell Paul Walker was when he died. Oh, Lord. I yeah. knew who he was, but I didn't think... I still don't believe it. I, I Yeah, I, I don't believe that this was a real thing. I think he was a CGI creation. He was a real thing. It's one of those actors that I kept thinking, why is he getting another movie role? <laughs> there you go. Do you know how they convinced me? They said, wait a minute, did you see that Tobey Maguire, Reese Witherspoon movie for the black and white town where they're trapped in the uh, black and white... Yeah, Pleasantville. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I was like, yeah, well, he was the guy that Reese Witherspoon showed what sex was to. And I was like, was it Pleasantville? Yeah, he was. Oh, he I was. Know. And that was the only thing I had ever seen him. And I thought for this, the nation is mourning. I don't mean to detract from Paul Walker fans who I'm I was sure. I going to say, here's your angry letters. You didn't like Dio? I love Dio. And I didn't think I was going to like Dio. Who's Dio? Dio's the little droid, the little droid that had been abused by the bounty hunter. Oh, look, it's another stupid droid that's not R2 for some reason. What is your problem? Why, why, does, Disney, why does Disney hate R2? They don't hate R2. R2 yeah, they did. They shelled them through the entirety of episode eight. They barely used seven. R2-D2 was the one that reminded Luke who he was in episode eight. I meant seven. They they shelled them for all seven. He's barely in the Well, they had to because you can't have R2 not knowing where Luke is. 
Then, then in nine, you, he gets up. They throw him off to the side again for some stupid little. They don't little throw light. him off to the side. He's throwing plastic cone in a wheel. <laughs> I don't know what movie you saw, Albert. I am happy and content that this is the end of the Skywalker saga. I thought it was, I don't know what more I could have asked for from it. I mean, aside from what I said about if we had seen Mace Windu, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda, and Luke's Force, and Anakin's Force Ghost, and Leia's Force Ghost show up, I would have liked that. Nothing ever ends, Adrian. Well, no, Star Wars is not over, but the Skywalker saga is over. They're all... It never there, ends. Now look, I can see this. Yeah. I can see I can see Disney Plus coming back with Sebastian Stan as Luke Skywalker in between Return of the Jedi. No, what it is, Ozzy, uh, Kathleen Kennedy is Ozzy Mandias and, and George Lucas is Dr. Manhattan. He's just going, sorry, Kathleen. Jeez. Kathleen, no, it's not over. I, I'm, I'm not, going off plane. I, I got to go build a museum somewhere. I actually was going to add something positive to society. You, can, you, you still mess with these action figures I sold you for $20 billion. <laughs> I am not indulging your fanboy. Why didn't Luke come in and destroy them with his phallic symbol lightsaber fantasies here? I'm just not engaging in that at all. <laughs> Did anyone think it was stupid when they pulled the X-Wing out of the ocean and had swamp gunk all over it? Well, no, that was in Empire Strikes Back. I don't know if you've seen that movie or no, not. No, no. In episode nine, Ray gets the X-Wing out of the ocean where Luke had it. Luke gets it yeah, out of Luke the ocean. Yeah, Luke does, and it's got all that space gunk on it. It's not it's, got space uh, gunk on it. It's got, it's got swamp gunk on it. Because it's it was seaweed. in the water. We saw that it, it was in... It was not seaweed. It was like, you know, moss junk from a swamp. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> it was in water where we know aquatic sea life lives. <laughs> and if you look down in that water, there's no seaweed or anything around it. So where did it all come from? We know there was seaweed around it. They just made it look like it did when they, when they pulled it out of the Dagobah for no good he's, reason. He's right, reaching. There are plenty of things that we can complain about on this movie. I'm not going to complain about the... the just I was just bothered by it is all. Inside, Albert has listened to me and he thinks, damn, Stan has great points. I was totally <laughs> wrong about it. It took Stan two plus months to come up with all these points. It didn't take me. I understood it the moment I came out of the theater. Okay. Life happened. <laughs> All I'm going to say is you haven't changed my opinion on 90% of this movie. I still think it was just a hot mess that had way too much stuff going on around it. You, you either get it or you don't. The majority Stan, of Star it's Wars a children's Stan, movie, Stan. It's not a children's movie. It is not it's a not, children's not, movie. It, it was is. a hot... It, no, no. Of course it's a children's movie. It's no. not a children's movie. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Yeah, I, I bet you don't like Frozen either. <laughs> no, I don't care for Frozen. You just need to let it go, just like the song says. <laughs> Do we have any questions for this movie? Well, we did, but we answered most all of them in the course of it. Oh As God. a matter of fact, I was going through the list here, uh -huh. and I don't see anything that we didn't cover. Has I had to go back and explain step by step what this movie was to Albert. <laughs> No, we're clear. All of these questions, there was questions about the knife, there was questions about the Death Star, there was questions about Palpatine's motives, there was question about, but you see, nobody doubts that Palpatine survived. I that, do. How do you doubt it? The dude got shoved down the shaft and blown up at the end of episode six. Yeah, Darth Maul got, 
Darth Maul got cut in half as he fell down a shaft. Yeah, like 30 right years later when they make that happen. But yeah, but see, he didn't get shoved down a shaft and then blown up. What Anakin. I can understand is why he didn't have a backup clone. See, that would have cut through all of this crap. He just has a backup clone. It was called Matt Smith and they edited him out. He was using the clones of Snoke as basically puppets, which... If you recall a few podcasts ago before this movie, Albert said that he would be A-OK if that was the situation. If Snoke was nothing more than like a puppet that Palpatine was controlling. Yeah, but that's been a known thing. Like, I've been saying that since forever, that he was probably just a puppet of some sort. When they announced they were actually going to bring Palpatine back, I was like, oh, Snoke's just some some puppet he's controlling in that sense. I was kind of thinking it'd be interesting if it turned out that Snoke was Plagueis. But clearly they're saving Plagueis for something else. I'm okay with the way everything turned out on this. And I mean, my God, you, you've got the greatest movie villain of all time, Palpatine. And he hammed it up accordingly. But he's not the greatest movie villain of all time. Darth Vader. Vader, Vader is, but Palpatine is the... Palpatine. Vader died a hero, though. He didn't die a villain. Yeah, okay. Who is the greatest movie villain of all time? If you say Hans Gruber, we're done. <laughs> I don't know, but it ain't anybody from Star Wars. It's Darth yeah, it Vader. Is. Darth Vader. Darth Vader probably will always is. be ranked as number one, but we all know it's Palpatine. Look it's probably Palpatine. it's probably Khan. Yes, Khan. <laughs> well, the Star Benedict. Trek always had a always had one leg up on Star Wars every stretch the, of the way. So. Star Trek had a leg up on Star Wars. Oh dear God! Here, why don't you sit down? I watched the motion picture the other night. Oh God! And I'm just sitting there and ever. I'm watching. I'm watching, I'm like, oh dear God, we couldn't even create new names for, we changed letters and names for the next generation. Yeah, Decker well, I got Alita. that beat. I watched episode nine. <laughs> episode nine is an outstanding movie. It was a wonderful end to the Skywalker saga. Star and of course, Wars is cursed. George Lucas' new Star Wars was cursed, and that's why he sold it. Star Wars is not cursed. Star Wars is doing wonderfully. Star Wars has like one story, one very narrowing story you could really tell with it, and they and that's all you can do with it. No, it doesn't. It's an entire universe out there. The video games, it's everything. You've got all it's of these things. You cannot it's tell a, multiple stories. No. It's a hell of a story, though. But you see, you don't even like Discovery. Oh, no, I, I don't. I like Discovery. I don't like a lot of things. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Oh, humbug. <laughs> but the things I do like, those are the things that matter. <laughs> well, I guess we're just going to end it there, unless either of you can think of any more questions I can answer for you. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. This was the Star Wars episode of Media Mess. Media Mess will be back with our standard format, discussing all the latest news, gossip, and what's on the streaming services. I'd like to thank Albert and Sandra for being here with me, and I'm sure they'd like to thank me for setting them straight on episode nine. <laughs> go, go ahead. Thank me, Albert. <laughs> Thanking you for shit. <laughs> I'm just going to say, if you have to spend two hours explaining a two-hour movie, then I, I, it, that says it all. <laughs> I, I didn't have to explain it. I wanted to share. <laughs> Uh-huh.
You can reach us via email at kingdomcasts, that's kingdom, C-A-S-T-S, at gmail.com. Also, kingdomcomics at gmail.com. Kingdomcasts and Kingdom Comics are on both Twitter and Facebook, so follow us there. We thank you also very much for your continued support. Please do take the time to give us five stars on the podcast if you enjoy us. That helps us out tremendously. Again, we thank you all so much. If you've got any questions, comments, hate us, love us, let us know. Please do share us with your friends. And we'll be back next week. Albert, Sandra, anything to say to them? I've done said enough. Episode four, five, and six. <laughs> what was that? That was, I'm sorry. Let me try that again. You'll have to edit that out. That was, I guess that was my dog's opinion on that. <laughs> well, no, I'm not editing that out. You you just said that. So I'll clip that together. That'll be fun. <laughs> so. All right. Well, we'll see you all next week. Thank you again. Kingdom Casts is owned by Kingdom Comics Incorporated and produced by Stan Daniel and Albert Marsh. No part of this program may be reproduced, replicated, or replayed without permission. Special thanks to Sandra Swindle. Also, thanks to our content contributors, Jason Bean, Tim Bryant, Denise Daniel. Josh Duke, Alex Fitzpatrick, Charles Hickey, Allison Marceau, Mark Adam Miller, and Contrita Olstead. Logo designed by Geoffrey Gwynn. Edited by Stan Daniel. Kingdom Casts is copyrighted 2020. All rights reserved. And then boom, space quit.